0: is entitled Burning Questions. Can you say that with me? Burning Questions. Now you're making it sound like dripping wet questions. Everybody say Burning Questions. Oh, that, that was pretty good. All right, so uh, w- when the saints realized that they had seen Jesus on the road to Emmaus, they said, did not our hearts burn within us? And so it is that often we have questions that burn in our hearts that we want to think through. And so we we, uh, we begin to think about something a, a little different, not just the same old thing. And uh, we took a risk, and I consider this taking a risk in the sense that it is not often that preachers will say, tell us what to preach, give us something that's burning in your soul, and we'll preach a little bit about it. Now, another thing that we're doing in taking a risk is that we very rarely uh, team up now, Brother French has left the platform. He's, he's just thinking, I'm just going to knock it right out here. And, uh, but we're preaching together tonight. Now, he's not grabbing the mic and me grabbing the mic. When my brother and I traveled for years, uh, evangelized, we were called the French brothers. I don't know where they got that. But uh, we would go places, and they would say, are you twins? And I would say, no, he's four years older than I am. He was four, he's four years older. And they would say, but are you twins? And I would just give up and say, well, whatever, you know, they thought we looked so much alike. And so what they would do, several times we'd get requests from preachers and they would say, oh, our folks would love it if you would tag team preach. And I'd say, oh, no, no, I don't tag team preach. And my brother definitely didn't want to tag team. I said, uh, his name was Treatise. We had very uh, lovely names, and Treatise. And, and my older, oldest brother's name was Thadis, so we had very common names. And, and so... They would say, Oh, we we would like you to tag in. And so I told him one night, I said, if you'll do it, I'll, I'll, I'll go along with it. So that got us started where we would tag team preach. This was long before I was married. And uh, so uh we we would go to a meeting and they would if they would ask, we'd never suggest it. But they'd say, Do you all ever tag team preach? We'd say, Oh, yeah, we're we're experts at that. And so uh, what we got to doing is uh, he he would get to preaching he wouldn't stop and i had go and i told him if i when i come up and i'd pull on your coat you that's the tag there that's the tag and he would just I'd start pulling I had to, his coat was half off he wouldn't whoa he didn't want to stop man i just had to wrestle the mic from him well, they just get anointed. I mean, they see me trying to get that microphone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But they would really. I mean, they wanted they wanted us to tag team preach. And so he would he would tell me after service the first time we did. It, he said, I, "I was just getting to my point when you tagged me." I said, "Well, the Holy Ghost wanted me to give the point, not you, me." And so I grabbed the. I went up and and so he got to doing it to me. He he would just just when he knew I was getting to that really great point. He would tag me. So I got to holding on to the mic. And then I'd, I'd get to running in the Holy Ghost and he'd have to chase me. But anyway, so a lot of things happen. But uh, so we're not tag uh, preaching in that way, but we are both uh, answering questions and we made the decision. We looked at uh, a long list of questions and we made the decision to begin our first burning question series uh, sermons where we only answered these two questions. Brother French, I thought, did a marvelous job. I always love hearing Brother French <laughs> preach, but uh, I appreciate so much. Now, I tell you, he did not even scratch the surface of what he was going to preach. I mean, he could have gone for a long time. In fact, he had uh, the notes to do so. It was just one of those stirring things. So what happens is God begins to anoint and When I say we're taking a risk, we take a risk in that most of the time when we're preaching, we, we seek the Lord. We say, Lord, what is it? And God begins to stir our hearts. In this case, we are taking a risk by saying you ask the questions and we promise you that we will preach from those questions and we will we will find the will of God in the midst of those questions. And so I believe Brother French definitely found the will of God in the midst of that question and how important it is tonight. I feel and we and we prayed together and came to the decision that uh, these anonymous every question that I received now I didn't get all of the questions personally to look at and make a decision about because we called them and and we are going to be doing this we have a lot of questions out there but all of the questions that I received that were passed on to me and said well what about this question were well, what I would call anonymous because they weren't there were no names on them. And that means that most of these questions, folks don't want to say, well, uh, this is me and tell the whole world about it. So tonight we are beginning uh, this service and this part of the burning question series with this question. Is it biblical to speak in tongues out loud in the middle of a service? If there is No interpretation. That's the first half of the question. Then it continues. Wouldn't screaming and running wildly be considered disruptive and out of order according to Paul? How many understand the question? Did you hear it? All right. So I don't have to reread it now in the way in uh, in the same way that first. And how many have your Bibles? Here we go. Praise the Lord. How many feel the Holy Ghost here? The Lord is here. And by the way, God is working, and we need to quit trying to put God in, in, our, in our little box. Uh, God is able to speak to us in special ways uh, in the same way that 1 Corinthians 11 is the hair chapter. That is to say, it is the quintessential chapter about what a man should do about his hair, what a woman should do about her hair. It's in the Bible. It's in chapter 11. First Corinthians 14 is what I would call the tongues chapter. What to do about speaking in tongues. And so my text is from First Corinthians 14, 13. Let's stand one more time just so I can read it. Not, not to just do the same old, same old, but just to keep some of you because I can tell that you have been. Uh, it's been a long day, and I don't want to lose you yet. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to preach long, but 1 Corinthians 14, 13. How many have it? Do you have it there? Now, I'm going to read more than one verse, but I want to read this as my text. Here we go. Wherefore, let's read it together. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret let's bow our heads father right now i pray that you will speak to our hearts because this is a very very important question two things that stir my soul and i pray tonight that i will not be misunderstood that it will be very very clear and that you will anoint our hearts lord to be proud to be pentecostal and to be proud to be a worshiping people and we thank you for it and we give you praise in jesus name everyone said amen amen Amen. god bless you as you're seated Now, if you, you know, some of you may have to go on back off to sleep, but I'm hoping that you will stay with us just for a few minutes here. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, there are are many... important things about 1 Corinthians 14 that I cannot even begin to, to talk about, but the most important thing that before we got to my question is the question of, is Paul addressing whether or not people get the... When they get the Holy Ghost, do they speak in tongues? And the answer is no. Paul is not addressing do people get the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues. When you get the Holy Ghost, everybody speaks in tongues. It's just like breathing when you're born. You don't have some babies born that don't breathe and some that do breathe. If you are born again, you're going to be born again of the water. And you're going to be born again of the Spirit. Praise God. You're going to breathe and you're going to speak in tongues. Now, I know that's highly troubling to some people, but I'm not going to lie to you. There is no way to receive the Spirit except to speak in other tongues. The tongues is the sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just like a baby cries out, Galatians says, and says, Abba. Talking about spiritually, of course. I don't mean babies are born saying Abba. The Aramaic word for dad. I don't mean that Sister, bear is not here. So I, I'm glad I'm not scaring her. No baby's born saying Abba father. They don't do that. It's talking about spiritually. And so you cry out just as you speak with other tongues. You cry out to God. And how many are glad for the wonderful truth about the new birth? We're thankful for it, and we're never going to back down from it now two it's interesting here wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret it's interesting that Paul argues that listen tongues are for a sign Brother French, are you there okay you because i i I meant to revisit. Oh, the verse. And I jotted it down, but I did not write down the verse. See if you see what verse it is. Tongues are for a sign. Is everybody good? Praise the Lord. By being a little mysterious here, maybe that will wake a few of you, make you feel a little more vibrant. You know, oxygen is good. I don't know if you've ever tried it. (laughs) All right. Um, so it's interesting here that Paul argues this. Have you found the verse, brother? friend? It's in chapter 14, um, and I don't want to have to go through myself. Tongues are for, or I'll keep reading, verse 22. I was going to say, I think it's verse 22. <laughs> Actually, I did think it was verse 22. All right, verse 22. All right. I like to be able to look over and then see it, uh, not just in my notes. Wherefore, tongues are for a what? Is everybody there? Tongues are for a sign. Now, that's interesting. He's not talking about when you get the Holy Ghost and you speak in tongues. That's an entirely different discussion. Everybody speaks in tongues when they get the Holy Ghost. He's talking about what the question was when people start speaking in tongues. Or worshiping? See, this is a twofold question and I'm going to answer it twofold in the next couple of minutes. Number one, what about speaking in tongues in front of everybody? Number two, what about worshiping God in front of everybody? That's what the question was. All right. So we're going to answer it. Now he says tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe. That's the exact opposite of what most people think. Most people think, most Christians I speak to, if you didn't look at verse 22 and you said, well, why do you think God uses tongues in a service? They would say, oh, uh -oh," because God wants to use Christians and it's a great miracle and so forth. And I would say that's I fully understand why you're saying that. But Paul says it's not true. He does not use tongues as a sign to believers, but to them that believe not. It is for the unbeliever. Tongues are so important that God used tongues in order to impress and to touch people. I want to tell you something. Listen to me. I'm preaching. A, this is a burning question. You must never make fun of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Don't, 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 don't you dare! Don't you ever get to the point that you think that the Holy Ghost is funny? When you do, you are bordering on eternity. Now, I'm going to, oh, I, I, I don't know who will help me, Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. Pentecostal young people grow up, and I want to tell you the first thing, I oh, Jesus, I want to move on. But I, the first thing we said to our kids, and the, you know, things would happen, people would shout a certain way, and sometimes it's funny. If they run into a wall. That's pretty funny. But you don't, you don't want to say, oh, they ran into a wall. Someone said, well, why did they run into a wall? Because they weren't looking. And so you go back and you say, listen now, um, you've had the Holy Ghost for about a year now and you don't need to run into walls. And they will say, really? And you say, yes, you don't have to run into walls. Oh, well, what do I do? Open your eyes. If you'll open your eyes. Oh, you mean I can shout with my eyes open? Yes. You can dance with your eyes open. Some people think, "Whoa!" and then they slap people. And I said, "Okay, okay." After service, how are you to praise God? Praise God! How are you doing? Come over here. Now you know you slapped four people tonight, <laughs> and undid more dental work—about four thousand dollars worth of dental work. And they said, oh, oh, I didn't realize. It. Well, I'll tell you why. Why do you think I was so sincere? You, you were very sincere. But the problem was you didn't open your eyes. So I'm telling you as a preacher, I'm just saying you need to open your eyes. You need to become alert about what's going on around you. Now, it's one thing. I know when you're young in the Lord, you just walk and you bump into stuff and you wobble. But you've been around a little while. And now it's time for you to watch when your hand starts flinging. That could hit somebody. Now, they'll put up with that a while. You know, a little baby come over and, and uh, uh, you'll put up. <laughs> Is this all right? You're looking a little nervous. Uh, when a little baby comes over and, uh, you know, you'll put up with that a little bit. But there comes a point where you say, okay, now, you know, I'm, I'm bruised. And, and I need you to kind of watch what you're doing. Now, I believe tonight that the anointing of God and the power of God through His Spirit and certainly speaking in tongues. Now listen to me. I'm as anointed right now as I have ever been. No young person, no saint, nobody should ever make fun of speaking in tongues. Now I want to tell you why. I know I've had people say, oh, 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 and they make a little joke. and, and, And I have been in groups of hundreds of people. And somebody walk up to me and say, oh, see my tie, see my tie. And I will say to them, <laughs> forgive me for, uh, for that. But it did happen. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm feeling anointed. You're, you're laughing, but I'm feeling very anointed. Praise God. And, and they thought that that was very humorous. And I was supposed to laugh. And I could have easily said, oh, and I said, don't you ever do that again in front of me. Do that wherever you want to, but I'm not going to laugh at something like that because you are making light of the most important thing that can happen in a human soul. You are making fun of speaking in other tongues. And I'm telling you tonight that we are not ashamed that we're apostolic. We're not ashamed that we talk in tongues. And we are not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. So we're not going to make light of it. All right, here we go. So it is a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. And so I'm telling you on the, on the basis, I don't, can't go much further. If I preach much longer, I'm going to lose everybody. But I'm telling you, you should not take speaking in tongues lightly because that sign is a sign to the unbeliever. And if for no other reason, you should take it seriously. There are many others, but we are never to allow tongues speaking out loud as the question, the anonymous question asks. Or I would say out loud wouldn't matter if you're in a forest and doing it out loud and do whatever you want to. But if you're in front of a group of people, or we might say in front of everyone, then we would never allow tongue speaking to disrupt in such a way that it would confuse outsiders. Tongues was never meant to be confusing. I don't mean shocking, stirring, uh, bring tears, even questions. I don't mean that. Of course it would do that but it should never bring confusion and even fear that is, brings more trouble and disruption to the heart, nor should worship. Everybody with me? Now, I'm going to walk two sides of a very narrow aisle here, but I believe the Holy Ghost has anointed these questions, and they are burning now. They may not have been burning in your soul, but they are burning in mine. In fact, I feel so strongly about it that I believe I would have preached this very sermon tonight had we not been having burning questions tonight. That we are a tongue-talking people. We believe in the power of God. God can deliver you and he can deliver your friends and your family. But it was so important to God. Tongues. Everybody say tongues. Of course, we know that gloss is the Greek for, for languages, and we say tongues, but we mean languages. We it's just a common way of speaking that we use a word to mean something else. So we say tongues. We don't mean the physical tongue in our body. We mean languages that are spoken with a tongue. And so we call them tongues. And the Bible uh, the, certainly my translation calls them tongues. And I find it very, very, uh, a very good use of translation. But the Bible tells us that tongue speaking is so important that God limited this miraculous gift Everybody say limited. Now, I'm not going to go long, but I need you to stay with me. He limited this gift. And some people don't like that. They want to break out of the, uh, you know, they just want to do their own thing. Well, uh, how many knows you have to obey the word of God? You have to obey the word of God. And there comes a point where... uh, You have to simply accept the preaching of God's word. He limited this miraculous gift so that it could be of greater impact upon the soul. Like atomic power, for example. Atomic power is the most destructive power known to man. We could say nuclear or whatever, but you know what? How many know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about when you take the uh, the the atoms of certain uh, elements and uh, and and you, that's what we mean by atomic, of course, and then you you do certain things to them. well, what you have to do is because it is so powerful you have to bring it within certain constrictions and so you put it within a, 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 a you have to place it within very careful environments because when you take atomic power for example how many have ever heard of the the russian name chernobyl how many have ever heard of it how many have ever heard of it all right, let me just see all right almost everybody even uh i mean you could have been fibbing i i I, know you would never fib to while i'm actually preaching but uh uh but almost everybody here has heard the name chernobyl which of course is a russian word which is a, a city in russia was a city where the a uh, nuclear plant had what we they sometimes call a meltdown. And the, all the nuclear uh, residue came out. And, and it spread all across Chernobyl. And uh, it's practically uninhabitable. Although there are reports out now, it's very interesting. But the cancer and so on is incredible. And the point that I'm making is that every once in a while, there is something that is of such a powerful nature that you don't just use it like it's your handkerchief, you don't use it as though it's yours. It is not yours. It came from God. You would not abuse. Listen. No, no, no. You listen to me. You listen to this preacher. I'm, I am so stirred by this. I don't know if they do this way to Emmanuel, but I want to tell you something. There is something awesome about the Holy Ghost. You need to quit acting like you you own it. You don't own it. He placed it inside of you and you are to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. You're not to act like you're God. You are not God. All right. You are to be you are to recognize its limitations. It is compressed within the human heart, but never never are we To forget that Satan hates this power. Perhaps, I want to be careful because I guess my mind, my mind is so logical and ridiculous that my beep, 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 I can think of several things that, that fit this category. My first one is blood, the blood of Jesus. How many know Satan hates the blood of Jesus? So I'd be very careful to say that, that tongues are the, are the top of the list. There's nothing that he hates more. But Satan absolutely hates tongues and tries to discredit speaking in tongues at every turn. Right. Right. I, you, can't believe, <laughs> you can't believe the things that I've heard people say about tongues. Well, I heard one time. I was at a university uh, and... And they said, oh, you're Pentecostal. Oh, oh, oh. Well, one time I heard uh, uh, about a, a, a Pentecostal that was speaking in tongues and somebody interpreted it that was there. And they actually said the language. I won't repeat it. In other words, it was a lang- known language. And they said that uh, it was an oriental language. And they said, oh, 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 oh stop him. He's cussing God. And I said, and you know these people? You, you know them? Oh, no, I don't know them. You've read it? You've, you have the book it's in? No, I've never seen the book. You have some proof that a man was speaking in other tongues and, and a person of this particular language understood it? Meaning the man was speaking this known language. That's what they're claiming. And while he was speaking, it he was cussing like a, a what? Uh, I've already offended everybody in the world, so I don't want to offend sailors. Um, he uh, he was just cussing, and I said, "Listen to me!" I said to him right in the university, "I don't believe it. You're going to have to convince me." I want the person, the date, the time, the place. I want to know a little more. I want to know if a man could speak in a language he didn't know. And while he was doing it, he was literally cursing God. I said, I want to tell you where I think that came from. I think that came from hell. I believe that when you speak in other tongues, you are glorifying and magnifying God. Oh, hallelujah. And so tongues are so important. You don't, need to, you don't need to be doing the devil's work. You need to be saying, Lord, I want to do your will. I want your spirit to get a hold of me. You should never, ever fail to revere and respect the gift of tongues. On the other hand, you should never abuse something as holy And miraculous as tongues in order to lift up yourself, which is the other side of this rail. In fact, it's it's almost seems. uh, I don't know. Seems terribly inappropriate to use tongues or worship to draw attention to yourself. That seems inappropriate. If whatever you're going to do, you should do it very humbly. Worship and tongue speaking should be extremely humble. So, okay, so the apostles gave us uh, God's order. Everybody say order. Here we go. If any man, verse uh, 27, Keep. here we go, I'm almost done. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, that is publicly, he's talking about, I don't have time to go back and prove that, verse 27, let it be by what? Two. Or, he says, that's interesting, I take that to mean... God has set the order. Oh, hallelujah. He has set the order at two. Okay? You're talking in tongues and, and there's no interpretation once, okay? And then you keep talking in tongues twice, no interpretation. He wants you to stop. That's why I tell people. Now, this is me. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to make this a holy writ, a holy, uh, not writ, but um, <laughs> a holy a decree, that's what I meant to say. Uh, I'm not I'm not making a proclamation that you couldn't do it a third time. But it seems clear to me that the Bible is saying, listen, if you cannot get the Spirit of God to so bring about an interpretation and you pray yourself for it to happen, and there's no interpretation after two times, then that's a good time to stop. Now, if you just can't stop, I've told people, I've had people say, oh, Brother French, I just have to. Like while I'm trying to preach. I've had people wouldn't stop and I'm trying to preach and they're talking in tongues and I, and uh, okay, mm, <laughs> After service, oh, I tell you, the Holy Ghost moving and I said, but do you realize that you were using the gift to, to interrupt the leadership of this church? I couldn't even preach because you had to speak in tongues. That was out of order and I, tell you, I want to tell you why that was out of order because that was the wrong time That should not have been happening during the preaching. Now, I'm telling you that that was the wrong time. Now, I've seen preaching interrupted. It was the will of God. But I'm telling you, you are consistently interrupting preaching. And God's not going to honor that. And you know what he said? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. I, 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 I just really want to be used of God. And I, I, I realized I, I'm being a little rambunctious. And I said, yes, very rambunctious. But I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do that at the proper time. See, you waited until I read my text and I couldn't even get the thing back because you didn't. Weren't sensitive to the proper time. If you had done it about five minutes earlier, it would have been a perfect time. And then there would have been a chance for the Holy Ghost to begin to speak and interpret that. And how many knows that God is able to do exactly what he called us to do in the gift of tongues? Praise God. And so he says, if any man speak in tongues, let him let it be by two or... Everyone say, or... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little more than two. Maybe uh, I'll allow room. At the most, absolutely, I will not allow there to be more than three. Three times, you've you got to stop. This is too important to drag it on and on and pretend that it's about you. It is not about you. It is about a lost world that needs to feel this power. And then he says, that by course. The word course in the King James is just from a word that means order. Be in order. That is to say, not wildly. And I noticed that our questioner used the word word wild. And I know that's difficult to interpret. Some people might interpret something wild and someone else not. But there, I think some things become rather obvious. And so he says not uh, out of course, not everybody trying to do it at the same time, but by course, one at a time, and then let one interpret. So you've got to allow the interpretation And it becomes critical that you begin to pray when there's a message in tongues. I'll call it a message. Then you have to pray. I've spoken in tongues. Now the Spirit has put this within a container. I'm not allowed to just throw it out there like it's nothing. How many can feel the Holy Ghost that's here right now? Could we just lift our hands and ask God to let us be uh, sensitive to the Holy Ghost? Father, right now we don't want to contain it in ways that your word doesn't contain it. We want to contain it because truly it is a powerful and powerful gift to the unsaved. And we thank you for it. So the most important thing is that we keep our spirit under control. Verse 28 adds, but if there be no interpreter, which is our burning question. I've jumped to verse 28. He says very clearly, let him keep silence. That's it. You yielded to God, there was no interpretation. You don't say, well, I was so eager. No, God has said, this is the way it will be contained. Don't keep on going. Now, when the preacher says, let's move on or let's make this uh, time now for some preaching, don't be offended. When the preacher says, it is now time for us to pray. How many knows that we need order in the house of God? When the preacher, listen, listen to what I'm saying. When the preacher says, it's now time to pray, you know what you ought to do? You ought to pray. That's what God wants you to do. Not say, oh, I'm more spiritual than you. I'm more spiritual than the preacher. I've got to do something that is not in order. Let me tell you. The Holy Ghost is so powerful that it can work within the confines of the smallest space. He can take the hardest heart and turn it into the most pliable substance. Because the Holy Ghost is so powerful, you don't have to make allowances for it. You don't have to push it in somebody's face. The Holy Ghost will do the work for you. Praise God. Let's love you one more time. I'm almost done. I got a couple more things. Father, we love you right now. Thank you, Lord. Help us to receive it. Sometimes the word is, it's it's new to us. It's like it's like a, a difficult for us to grasp exactly what it is. Okay. The final portion of the question is separate but related and Paul speaks of it also. Let all things be done, verse 40, decently, everyone say decently, decently. and in order. Now, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the word UK in Greek means prayer and you Manos in Greek means to be decent. Now, I'm not going to I'm not trying to make a direct connection between the word prayer and decent. uh, But there is a connection. I'm not trying to develop it here tonight, but I'm telling you that you must do it must. Everything must be done decently. Now, unfortunately, there are people that say, well, I think people speaking in tongues is indecent. And I say, no, that can't be indecent because the Bible says I have a right to speak in tongues. I've I've been just recently, not this question, but not not a Pentecostal. But someone said to me, well, but but, what tell me explain to me how you can speak in tongues in your church? I said, we just follow the biblical order. And then if we're if it's public, then we wait. And if God moves then we allow him to move, if he moves on to something else, we walk in it. Hey, folks, I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I don't have to shout and bounce against the wall every time. What I want to do is let the Holy Ghost do what it wants to do. It's got to be in order and decent. And God doesn't do it the same way every time. I mean, do you think God just... Do you know they tell me that there's not a single snowflake that's identical? He doesn't do everything the same way. In fact, here tonight... There is such a a sweet presence of God, decent or properly. That's one way to translate it according to the Bible and thus in God's order. And then the word uh, taxis or order is the word one at a time. I would say one at a time. We don't have two preachers trying to talk or two people trying to interpret, but only in course. So if it's public, you have to consider everyone watching, especially sinners, Whenever something's going on, like right now, people are looking and, and uh, there could be however many there are. We had a record number this morning. There could have been 200. What, what if it were 500? I don't know how we'd cram them in, but we'd find a way. I think we had nearly 500 one time at the bishop's retirement. We had them literally, all, all, we had to practically put them on the roof. I mean, they were everywhere, and uh, we could find a way. But, but when it's public and people are looking at it, then the Bible says, I want it to be according to my spirit. Because sinners are watching, and it should not only be done according to order, but worship should be beautiful. God intends for it to be beautiful, not distracting. Not in such a way. Now, someone can describe beauty in different ways. Someone said it's in the eye of the beholder. But I don't think all beauty is just in the eye of the beholder. There is a consensus that you can say, wait a minute, something about that isn't quite ringing well. And what we need to do is say, Lord, make my worship beautiful. Make my involvement in the spirit a beautiful thing so that people would say, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I believe God has called this church to powerful worship. And I also believe, I'm going to do a little more pastoring, and this is it. I'm, I know some of you are thinking, oh my goodness, the eternal sermon. But hold on, here we are. Here we are right at the end. It is important that we control ourselves and that it be a beautiful expression of the worship of a great God. But I want to also say in the Holy Ghost that i would rather have a milestone tied about my neck and cast me into the deepest sea than to be constantly judging other people's worship you need to stop analyzing everybody else because god isn't pleased I didn't say you can't have an opinion. You can have an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. You ought to have an opinion. You'd be an idiot if you didn't have an opinion. I'm not telling you what to like or dislike. But it is a sin to be judging people's worship. Now that's a sin. Because you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know. What he's done for me. Now listen. I'm going to do a little pastoral talk here. I know. I know. I know. This is it. I'm right there. I mean I'm about. Right off the edge. It's the end. You need to let the leadership. Make decisions. Well you ought to have done this. And you ought to have done. what well, the pastor ought to. You should not be judging that. You should say. All right. I have enough confidence in my pastor. It's like the guy got off the train and said, Sir, I am sick of your kids. You either set them down or I'm calling the conductor up here. And he looked up and he wiped his eyes and he said, Oh, sir, I'm, I'm so sorry their mother died this morning. And I can't I can I can't seem to bring myself to, to do the... I, I, I didn't even notice, forgive me. It changed everything. Sometimes the Holy Ghost and the preacher know things you don't know. You need to not worry. I don't mean have an opinion and do all that. But what God wants us to do is say, all right, I trust our leadership. If there's something needs to be done, it will be done. It doesn't have to be done at 2 o'clock over Rice Krispies. It can be done later. God may say, someone said to me, you better tell that lady. So I said, you had better never try to tell the preacher when he is supposed to do something. You had better let God. I said, I'm going to tell you, my friend. You listen to me. I love you you are treading on dangerous ground the minute you presume to tell the preacher what he should tell my brother here. You may have lots of opinions about it. That's good. Fine. understand. Different kind of opinions. But I know things here and this is my brother. I'm going to do, I have to do what I am supposed to do. And then if we will all let God work in his own way, God will take care of it in the end. And there's no telling. Listen, folks, we are beginning to enter into the greatest revival. I believe Jesus is coming. He wants to get us ready. He's trying to get us ready for that revival. Okay, let's stand together and let's worship the Lord right now. And let's pray for an outpouring like we've never had before. (laughs) Could we do that right now? Father, we love you. We thank you for it. Your presence is here. Your spirit is working. We've already had an altar call. We've already felt the anointing in in so many different ways. Lord, I pray right now. Come on, let's lift another hand and let's just sort of wave it to the Lord. Lord, so many things have happened. A lot of good things have happened here tonight. And I pray that it will take root and that it will have its impact in our lives. We're not ashamed. We're not ashamed of... The gift of tongues, we want it to operate in our midst. We're not ashamed of interpretation. We want it to operate in our midst. But we want to recognize that it is a powerful gift from God that will touch sinners if we will operate it according to your divine will. Can we bow our heads together? Lord, right now, each and every one, there's nobody that has escaped the touch of the Holy Ghost tonight. From the preaching all the way back through the time of prayer, the praise team. Every guest, everyone in this building, Lord, has sensed a very special touch of God. Let it take root. Keep your hand on us, Lord, and let us see the greatest revival that we've ever seen. And we will give you praise for it. And everyone said, in Jesus' name. Oh, I love you tonight. I feel good. And I thank you for the burning questions that gripped us tonight. But turn to someone right now. We're done. You can shake hands and you're dismissed. God bless you in Jesus' name.